So I never thought I would be making, I would be making horror movies. But um, when we were in college, you know, Dan and I, the guy who wrote, you know, Blair Witch with me, mm-hmm. um, we just came up with this freaky idea, man. And it was just like, it was the best idea we had. And, you know, every time we pitch it to somebody, they'd get really excited. And then eventually we, you know, we raised a little bit of money and we decided to make it. And, you know, the rest is history. But it's definitely put me in a place where, you know, I kind of have to make horror movies. I started considering what I might be able to do for Shocktober that was a little outside the realm of video games. I definitely don't think I would have included Eduardo Sanchez, the co-director of the Blair Witch Project, on that list. I wanted to reach out to folks that were just outside of video games, but definitely had a connection to video games, whether uh, their movies have been based on games or they had an interest in games themselves, and finding that balance uh, was always something that I thought could be really interesting and expanding a little bit of what uh, Giant Bomb traditionally covers, especially in the scope of uh, Shocktober. But I could not have had a better time talking to uh, Eduardo Sanchez, who has continued to direct horror films, uh, certainly nothing as as big as The Blair Witch Project uh, since that came out in uh, 1998, but doing really solid stuff. He had a great short in VHS 2, and uh, Lovely Molly is pretty great, a smaller horror film as well, and he has some other things lined up, including uh, a Bigfoot film, uh, which sounds uh, pretty crazy, and his return to found footage. But in any case, uh, we start out our conversation uh, talking about his son, his interest in Minecraft, and then as soon as I find out that he's okay talking about The Blair Witch Project, uh, we spend a lot of time talking about that. So, enjoy. Do you, are you into video games at all? Is that anything that's on your radar? No, yeah, I am. I mean, I, I wish I had more time. Um, my son, my son, who's ten years old, is really into it, um, and I play with him as much as possible. And I also am addicted to Minecraft. <laughs> is is that what your son is into as well? He's into Minecraft, but he's more, you know, he has the all the, you know, PS3 and Xbox, and uh, so he plays more of the those games, uh, Uncharted, and uh, you know, um, you know, just m- mostly, sh- you know, shoot 'em up games, first person shooters. Uh-huh. Uh, but he uh, he's definitely into Minecraft too, and actually, it's kind of interesting, man, because. I'm sorry, man. This, this yeah, no, go for it. No, no, I, I don't know how to silence this thing. <laughs> I think you just whack it and then like throw it against the the wall. That's usually how I do it. <laughs> I wish. Yeah, it's this damn fax. Anyway, it'll it'll be done. Um, you know what's weird, man, is that my my son his um his interest in engineering and all kinds of like scientific things has grown since Minecraft. Since hmm. he started Minecrafting. Um, and, and I always tell my wife, you know, I think that there's going to be like a whole in the next 10 years, there's going to be like this, I think, huge resurgence in uh, or or, or uh, in, an interest in engineering, I think. And uh, because um, I mean, you know, my my, you know, he Lucas, my son is like, you know, he got into Minecraft and then he loves any kind of game that has to do with like either demolishing things like in a in a controlled way or he just got this app which basically just build bridges 
you know, you have you you're you're basically have have these challenges of be of building a bridge across a certain span, and you have to like engineer it in a certain way that you know so it doesn't you know fall, and then you have to open up the traffic. It's really cool, um, but yeah, he loves. Uh, he, I think it's I think it's really kind of uh, made him think in a, in a different way, and even his drawings are more three dimensional, and it's just it's very interesting to kind of see the. Uh, the, you know, uh, such a such a fun game. Also, you know, really, you know, educating these kids. You know, it's a pretty amazing. Yeah, well, it's it's interesting because games are traditionally kind of known for sort of having like really strict rule sets, and then the the player sort of tries to push against those. Whereas Minecraft, you know, there are things you can and can't do, but they're very, you know, you, you can kind of you still can kind of do whatever you want within them. I, I've always, you know, kind of said it's similar to when I was growing up having, you know, Lincoln Logs, which is like, yeah, you, you sort of have things you can and can't do with, with Lincoln Logs, but, you know, you're, you're or Legos. Like, you're, yeah, they're, yeah. they're sort of like Legos, like the, the modern equivalent of Legos for kids where, you know, here's a bunch of tools, you know, and, and you have to go and make the fun for yourself as opposed to, you know, go shoot this guy, go shoot that guy. Like, you, you kind of can make it up on the fly, and, and it's truly you know, taps into their imagination in a way that, that a lot of games don't, don't usually try to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it really is, you know, cause I was in the Lego and I'm still in the Lego. I mean, I actually, I have a, a crazy star Wars collection. <laughs> uh, um, you know, I, I, Lego is like my right now, my main concentration because it's just, you know, the, I've kind of given up, you know, getting all the action figures and stuff. Um, but, uh, so I'm, you know, I love Lego when I was growing up. I mean, it absolutely was the t toy that I most played with before I got my Atari 2600, of course. Um, but, uh, you know, and to me, yeah, ab absolutely. Minecraft is just like this huge unlimited Lego set, um, where you have your own basically Lego world, you know, it is, it's a, it's a pretty amazing program. And, you know, and, and actually, man, I mean, I still, I've been, I've, I've, I discovered it about three years ago, and then uh, you know Lucas started playing it right away also, and it's something that we discovered together. And I've been working on my on my world for like almost three years now, and it's this huge, crazy world with like, you know, tunnels and you know skyscrapers and cities and bridges and you know just all kinds of castles. And I and I just love like you know I love developing it, and it's it's the most. Uh, you know, it's 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 really is the most re, you know relaxing and zen like video game I think there is. You know what I mean? Um, and I, I love it, man. So you know, you, you mentioned that you had a, an Atari twenty six hundred. Were were games just something that kind of got left behind as you got older, and and filmmaking became sort of like you know the thing that you were kind of chasing after? Yeah, I mean, you know, I was really into the twenty six hundred. Like, you know, I got you know, I, I remember I got Space Invaders and Combat. You know, the cartridges that it came with, and I played for like three. It was the first time that I like looked like I I, I was cognizant of how much time I was spending doing something like I <laughs> I was like I looked back I was like wow I got this in December and it's you know it's June and I've played it every single day for you know a certain number of hours like I was just addicted to it um and then I got the you know I got the ColecoVision um and I got all the expansion modules, which I don't know if you remember, but it had like the trackball and it had like the super controller, which you could like, it had this big ass controller. Um, and it had um, uh, the, the one that was like, it was a 2600 thing where you could plug it into the front of the ColecoVision and play your 2600 games. Right, right, right. 
So it was really, I mean, you know, you know, for the 80s, man, it was definitely, you know, ahead of its time, you know. Um, but then, yeah, after ColecoVision, um, yeah, I started getting into, you know, filmmaking. And, you know, you get into high school and you kind of start, you know, spending your time, you know, doing other things. Um, and then, uh, you know, once I got into college, I always had a video game system. I had, you know, an NES, the original NES or I had... Um, I remember a friend of mine let me borrow the the first Sega. I don't know if it was was it Saturn. It was the Genesis, and then there was the, Gen the Saturn. The, the, yeah, the Genesis, and, I, and that was kind of a big leap. You know what I mean? Um, at the time, um, so I've always been interested. And then I, you know, I got into Myst. Um, you know, when it you know a lot of computer gaming. Um, mm -hmm. I, I like I, I I you know I, I seem to gravitate towards the kind of the 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 slow kind of mystery kind of creepy vibey kind of you know um video games but again i like like you know i like playing uh my son and i have played you know resistance resistant to um i i love playing uh the co-op stuff with him and it's just a great way he loves it and it's a great way to kind of bond and still have fun and you know kind of keep up to date and keep an eye on what he's doing too <laughs> well you you sound like a more responsible parent than most when it comes to that stuff especially given you know you know i, I write about games for a living and the amount of parents i see that uh you know just going by say a copy of the new grand theft auto for their kid uh is is pretty incredible yeah man i mean you know the 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 Grand Theft Auto is one of those things where you're like, you know, because my kid is, my, my son has been playing, you know, pretty crazy video games for a while, you know, because he he's very mature and uh, I don't see it like kind of, I don't see it like giving a, him, you know, he doesn't cost, he, it's, there's like no, it doesn't seem like there's any discernible, you know, bad effects, but the thing about Grand Theft Auto Five, man, is that it's just so. It's not even like the gameplay is great. It's just like it's just it's just so like gnarly. Like he, they're always cussing and talking about sucking dicks, and so I was like, you know, I think this game is a little <laughs> uh, a little too much for you, and and uh, so you know, I'll wait for a little while before uh, I let him I let him play that one. You know. Yeah. You know, you mentioned that, you know, some of the games maybe that you're attracted to, uh, you know, it seems reflected in, in the movies you've ended up making in, in the horror genre. Like, has horror and being scared always been a part of something uh, that, that you've enjoyed since you were you were young? Like, do you have, is, is that something that you've kind of grown up with and that's kind of how you ended up expressing it when you started to develop a career? Well, no, actually, dude, it was, it was a very, it's kind of a funny thing because, um, I never, I never really liked horror movies. Like I'm, I'm, uh, I'm kind of a, I guess a pussball, really. I'm, <laughs> uh, I'm kind of a coward, you know. I mean, I, I, when I was a kid, I would freak myself out very easily, and I still freak myself out pretty easily. And I think it's kind of why I can write, you know, horror movies is that I, I, I kind of can, can kind of get into that mindset of shit that freaks me out pretty easily. Um, but no, man. I mean, I, I, I watched The Exorcist when I was young, and you know. And it really kind of scarred me. Um, so, and I, I know, like, like my 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 daughter, who's uh, twelve, she loves horror movies. Like, she loves going to the movies and being scared. And I'm like, you know, and at least now I have somebody to go to the horror movies with because you know I, I have to kind of keep up with them because I make horror movies. But <laughs> she loves being scared, and I don't like it. I I don't know. It, it to me like there's uh, like when I go see a horror movie, there's always like this sense of dread. You know, it's almost it's the same thing as like riding a roller coaster for me. I'm just not built that way. So I never thought I would be making I would be making horror movies. 
But um, when we were in college, you know, Dan and I, the guy who wrote, you know, Blair Witch with me, mm-hmm. um, we just came up with this freaky idea, man. And it was just like, it was the best idea we had. And, you know, every time we pitch it to somebody, they'd get really excited. And then eventually we, you know, we raised a little bit of money and we decided to make it. And, you know, the rest is history. But it's definitely put me in a place where, you know, I kind of have to make horror movies. And I, you know, I don't, co- I don't complain about it because, uh, you know, I, I, I'm getting, I actually am getting better and I'm, you know, I appreciate horror movies more now. It, it, you know, I, I appreciate them a lot more than when I was younger. Um, and I think every movie I make, I'm getting better at it, but I never thought I would be making horror movies. I always thought that when I first started making, you know, s- small films, short films, I always make would make action movies or comedies, you know, so it's very weird that I ended up making horror movies, but I have a career and I can't complain, you know, and, and, and the great thing about horror movies is that they have, um, you know, they, they have a lot of different subgenres, you know, you can have a straight out psychological horror movie like, in, you know, like uh, um, Sinister, but at the same time you can have something or, or The Conjuring, but then you can have something you know, kind of over the top and, and, you know, crazy and a little goofy, like Evil Dead 2. You can have, um, you know, uh, straight action horror. You can have monster horror. You can have, you know, kind of romantic vampire horror. I mean, it really is a genre that lets you um, explore a bunch of different, uh, you know, uh, subgenres in it. So I'm pretty lucky to be in the horror, you know, genre. And uh, like I said, I enjoy it now. And I'm, you know, I'm, uh, I, I feel like I'm getting better with each film. When it definitely seems like it's the kind of genre where both from the creator side and the viewer side, you end up projecting a lot of yourself into it. And, and what comes out of that is sort of a reflection of, you know, what scares you, like what your life experiences have been in, in a way that I think is a lot more obvious and profound than, than in other genres for sure. Yeah, it is because, you know, it, it's, it's, um, you know, uh, it, it really is, you know, based on the movies that you watched and how you kind of, um, uh, you know, filter your reality or your, um, you know, your, uh, you know, your, your vision of reality, um, you know, you know, filter it through the movies that you've seen, you know, so there definitely is, uh, uh, you know, it, it, you know, especially with the horror stuff, because, you know, it's, it's one of those basic emotions, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's why I think it's like the, you know, the, the most, you know, when you look at it, like, you know, more than 50% of any song written is about love because it, it's like this, I don't know, it's like it's singing and, 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 you know, so for some reason it just goes together, you know, love songs. And I think a horror movies, you know, even though they sometimes uh, lose popularity and sometimes, you know, they go through a dry spell, there is something like really, uh, you know, basic about being scared, you know, something that, you know, we, I think we as human beings used to, we used to be scared a lot more than we are now, especially, you know, in the United States, you know, in our modern, in our modern world, you know, um, you know, I like to me, it's like back in the day, it's the same reason why we love fire. I think so much like we're attracted to fire because, you know, so much of our, 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 our past, um, you know, evolution was based around the fireplace and there was so much more danger back then, whether it was, you know, diseases or bad food or just, you know, a freaking tiger coming out of the woods and killing you, you know? Um, and I think that, uh, you know, I think horror movies kind of fill in that, you know, that kind of, uh, you know, that that uh, feeling that we that I think we miss 
Um, and, and I think all of us have it inside us. So, so yeah, it, it definitely, uh, has a lot to do with, with, uh, not only your surroundings, but a lot of like, just what's in, you know, what the, in, the internal, uh, workings of, of your, you know, of your, you know, a certain psychology, you know, is it weird, uh, to kind of think back and, and, and look at the fact that the Blair Witch Project is almost 15 years old now? Like, is, is that, is that strange or is, is there a certain amount of pride that, you are continuing to make horror films, you know, despite the fact that, you know, that's almost 15 years out. Yeah, no, man, look, it, it, it is very weird. I mean, you know, I've de it definitely feels like 15 years, you know, <laughs> I've been through a lot, um, you know, both professionally and in my life, you know, um, but it, yeah, it, it feels very strange that it's, uh, um, that it is almost 15 years because I, you know, I talk about it all the time, you know, it, it's something that, um, it's one of these movies and that's kind of one of the things why I'm so, you know, I feel so fortunate that I was a part of it is that it's one of these films that, you know, first of all, everybody knows about it, whether they've seen it or not, everybody has heard of it, even younger people, even the, the kids, you know, it's one of these movies that the kids, you know, the, 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 the kids know about, you know what I mean? And then you, and then uh, it's one of these movies that just keeps kind of, you know, coming up in, in things. And, and, you know, obviously I'm the creator. So whenever anybody talks to me, I, you know, they ask me Blair Witch questions. And, and, uh, so to me, it's, you know, it's like an everyday part of my existence, man. I mean, I, um, you know, there's, there's always some kind of Blair thing happening in my life. So it, it, it does feel, um, you know, it, it does feel, you know, it, it is kind of unbelievable that it's been 15 years, um, but you know, it, it's, uh, it's been a pretty good 15 years, so <laughs> can't, can't complain, man. Well, I mean, that, I mean, I think that is an interesting perspective cause I've, you know, I've talked to, you know, most of my time is spent interviewing game developers and, and there are, you know, similar instances where someone has, you know, a hit, uh, so explosive right out of the gate that comes to define a lot of their future work. And not everyone has necessarily that perspective where they look back on it and they have a fondness for the fact that. You know, that's the thing that kind of comes up over and over again. And and I think it's interesting that, you know, you've been able to keep that perspective on that film rather than, you know, sort of maybe get frustrated that the first thing anyone asks about is, you know, questions about, you know, such a such a defining film in your career. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, the thing is, man, is that, you know, you, you know, I've I mean, I. uh yeah, sometimes I'm like, well, you know, I've made other films and this and that. And, you know, and the, my, but my thing is that, you know, when it comes time to publicize those films you know enough people want to talk and whatever but yeah it always ends up being Blair Witch but you know to me it's like look man you know I wouldn't be making any films nobody would be asking me anything about anything if it wasn't for Blair Witch so <laughs> and it's honestly something that I don't mind talking about I think you know people are um uh, it's one of these movies that um people are, you know, you know, really general, genu genuinely interested in, you know, it's not just like, you know, lip service, like, oh, I got to ask you the question about Blair Witch, you know, like most of the time it's a, it's a, you know, it's a topic that, you know, um, that people want to talk about and are interested in. So for me to, you know, have an attitude about talking about it doesn't make any sense because, you know, eventually nobody's going to want to talk to me. So to me, it's like, uh, you know, I, I, I appreciate, I actually appreciate the interest. And, and every time, you know, a lot of, almost every time I do an interview, somebody is saying, oh, yeah, I know you're tired of talking about this, but what about this? And I'm, I always say, 
you know, no, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I never really get tired of it. It, it really is, uh, you know, something that I'm proud of. And uh, I'm, like I said, I feel very fortunate that I was a part of it. And, uh, you know, as long as anybody wants to talk to me about it, I'll, I'll talk to them about it. Absolutely. Well, what's so interesting about, and I think part of the reason it probably keeps coming up other than the fact that it's still incredibly effective as, as a horror film is that, you know, sort of by accident, you know, you guys stumbled into what have now become sort of tropes of the genre of, you know, viral marketing, pretending that something is real, and then even just the term found footage, which certainly didn't exist back in 1994. Like, yeah. how, how, so how do you look at that stuff now as that has become sort of a staple of the genre? And in some ways, found footage is sort of like starting to run up against a wall in terms of what's possible with it, um, given the fact that you guys just sort of stumbled into it as a result of what made sense for the film at the time. Exactly. Um, yeah, man. I mean, look, I, I think it's an amazing um, kind of, um, you know, I, I don't know, development or whatever you want to call it. it it's it's an amazing thing that, that you know, the, the that there's a, you know, that there's a, you know, a whole genre of, of film that was basically named after the, you know, the title card of, of, of Blair Witch, you know what I mean? Um, you know, and, uh, but to me, it's like, you know, there's, uh, you know, it, it's, it, it kind of keeps, it, it keeps me relevant, you know, because with just about every review of a found footage movie, they always mention, you know, Blair Witch. Um, so it definitely keeps me, you know, uh, you know, it keeps the movie relevant. And I think it's part of the, the timelessness of the movie. Um, uh, but at the same time, I mean, you know, you, you, you hit the nail right in the head, man. I mean, we, you know, when Dan and I and the rest of the guys, you know, uh, went out to the woods to make this movie, it was just basically, that was just the, you know, it was just a, it was a very pragmatic and, and logical kind of, um, you know, end result of, of basically just kind of going through this, through this idea and saying, okay, what would they be shooting with and what would it look like? And they wouldn't have any lighting and there wouldn't be any stars and their, the audio would kind of suck and this and whatever. And they would ha you know, be have problems with batteries. And so to us, it was just like, it was literally like, you know, planning a documentary trip. And, uh, you know, the movie was an experiment that just worked and, you know, worked really well. And it kind of, you know, lit, lit this kind of, uh, this fire that was out there, you know, just waiting for it, you know? So, um, you know, the way I feel about it is that, you know, again, it's like, I'm, I'm just, I just, I just, you know, it, it's fascinating, man. It really is fascinating, you know, like, um, and sometimes, you know, you just gotta like, sometimes I'm proud of it, you know, sometimes I'm like, oh, you know, most times I'm proud of it. I mean, obviously I, I, I love the idea that, you know, you know, people are inspired or, or were, you know, were pushed into it or whatever. I mean, a lot of, a lot of people, you know, tell me that they were inspired because you know it was just like you know it was it was such a simple movie and it was so easy to execute you know really when you come down to it you know if once you came up with the idea it was relatively you know easy to 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 do even though a move, making a movie is never easy it's always easier in retrospect when you, yeah, once you've already done easy. it <laughs> it's, it's always a struggle but if you look back on it you're like well you know yeah you just you didn't need that you didn't need a lot of the things that most movies need um, so, you know, you know, so, so for me that it, it seemed like they're, they're, uh, it was just one of these, um, things that happened and, and, you know, and, and luckily I was a part of it, but, but, and I think that part of the reason why, um, you know, it, it was so easy to make that I think it just pushed a lot of people into, into kind of 
getting inspired and saying, Hey, these, if these fools can do this, then I can do this, you know? And I've heard it, you know, I've heard it time and time again, you know what I'm saying? Um, hold on a second. It's all right. Someone's trying to find their phone. Yeah. Somebody's trying. And, um, you know, time and time again, you know, I, you know, somebody's like, man, you know, you, you guys really inspired me and I wouldn't be into filmmaking if, you know, if it wasn't for Blair Witch. So, and that really, to me is like the thing I'm most proud of, you know, but also at times, you know, I see certain movies, I see certain found footage movies and I'm just kind of like, wow, that is really not good. You know, that is really tasteless or whatever, you know, and, 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 and sometimes I'm like, wow, you know, if it wasn't Blair Witch, probably this thing would have never made, you know, happened. But, you know, there, there's a lot of good stuff out there, too. But one of the great things, like I I, um, I had uh, breakfast with uh, Oren Pelly one time, the guy who did Paranormal Activity. Right. And uh, him and I become friends, and and you know he was, you know he was, you know he right off the bat he was like, man, I wouldn't be any, you know, I wouldn't have done anything without Blair Witch. You know, Blair Witch was just this thing that like completely, you know, you know just re, just like re-sculpted my reality, you know, um, and uh, and you know and I and he based. You know, paranormal activity is basically like a complete, just scientific kind of breakdown of Blair Witch. You know, in a, in a house, basically, um, and it's you know it's very effective. But you know, and and so for me, it's like there is this. Uh, you know, the movie has definitely inspired a lot of people, and and uh, you know, and, and uh, you know, that's the best, the biggest compliment I think that you know that anybody could give me is the fact that uh, you know that our film inspired people to to you know to make great things, and sometimes not so great things, but at least you know there it's it's inspiring some people, some people, you know. So that that to me, that's always the the thing that I'm most proud of. You mentioned that, you know, you felt like you've improved on it as a filmmaker, uh, making, you know, one horror film after another, but you've never really, you know, sort of returned to the found footage angle. Um, you know, I, I looked up a little bit about Exist, which seems like it, you know, might be a little more akin to that. But um, is, there, is there a reason you kind of left that behind after that? Was it merely a function of this is what worked for this story and it doesn't need to be applied to everything that I work on after that, yeah. even though it was successful? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very much like that for a while. I mean, you know, because because the thing about, you know, the thing about Blair Witch is that, you know, like now you think of it, you're like, oh, you know, why didn't they just release another Blair Witch movie the next year and do kind of what Paranormal Activity did? Um, it seems like but, that's what would have happened if you released that movie in 2013, though. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But the thing about it is that, you know, people don't people who weren't around or weren't like, you know, old enough or weren't like aware of what was going on in 1999. I mean, you know, this movie just came out of nowhere, man. And I think people, you know, it, I think the first, you know, the, the first major kind of found footage movie that appeared was Cloverfield. And that was like, you know, 2006 or 2007 or, two, you know, it was it was definitely, you know, at least five or six years after Blair Witch came out, maybe seven years, you know? Um, and, and I think that it took, um, so I think that another Blair, another found footage movie right after Blair Witch, like a, you know, like a part two would have, it would have just been a different thing. I don't know if it would have, you know, worked, you know, there was just, uh, the, the movie was just, you know, it was just a crazy thing, you know, it was just like, and like you said, it was like, it was perfect for what the movie was. And honestly, we thought it was it was more of a gimmick. You know what I mean? We didn't want to be gimmick filmmakers. You know, we didn't want to be people who were like, all right, they're going to do the handheld thing again and, the you know, the found footage thing again. Um, and now it's, you know, obviously much more acceptable. Um, 
but and you know and, and that was before you know saw had done the you know saw one saw two saw three you know every year during halloween a saw movie came out you know that was before that was ever done so um for us there was just no precedent for you know to 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 you know to 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 kind of take that chance you know there was no and also dan and i were completely burned out on horror movies and we were just kind of like wanted to do something else you know um but yeah the 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 you know the the uh the the found footage thing for us was a gimmick so for me it was like i just kind of i didn't want to make a found footage movie you know honestly i, I just kind of didn't really feel like like uh like uh like i should go there again you know and then uh a couple of years ago we were you know we were coming up i was coming up with this idea for a bigfoot movie and it was the first time that i was like you know i think this would really work best as a found footage movie and i think that I, I I could get into it, you know, as a found footage movie. So it was the first time that that had happened where I had kind of found this energy that just I hadn't, you know, that didn't really exist before. Um, so yeah, you know, exist is uh, the first, you know, feature length found footage movie I've done since uh, Blair Witch. But then I also did a, um, a short film in in uh, in a movie called VHS Two that's out right now on Blue. Oh yeah, your 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 segment was usually anything with aliens, which happens to be for whatever reason the combination of creatures from another world and the home invasion scenario. Normally, that's what always gets me. And there was a segment in VHS Two that was exactly that. But yeah. your yours was far and away, I thought the the most unique uh, and interesting uh, in that set. Oh, cool! Thanks, man. Yeah, you know, and it was it was a lot of fun and. Uh... And, and like I said, like I said earlier, it was it was good because there was a lot of comedy in it, and and you know, it, and it let me kind of you know um, do a little bit of that, you know, show people that I could do that. Um, but so you know, and and so to me, and, and you know, and honestly, like right now, if if somebody came to me and said, "Hey, let's do another found footage movie," I'd totally be up for it. But it's just you know, at the end of the day, it's 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 not really a gimmick, but it is gimmicky. You know what I mean? And I think that it has to you know, it has its place. Um, but I think that at least for us, you know, at least for me and, you know, the other guys that are involved in Blair, which, you know, we got to be very careful. Like even with VHS too, like, you know, we were dealing, you know, we, we got invited to be a part of it and we were like, wow, yeah, that'd be great. And we, you know, we, we thought it would be a lot of fun and all this stuff, but we were, the first thing we were talking about was okay, what's the idea, you know, without the right idea, we're not going to do it because the last thing we want to do is kind of, is be the weak link in the movie. You know what I mean? Um, because, uh, you know, just because, you know, all oh, the they're bringing in the Blair Witch guys just to kind of throw them a bone, you know, like that's not the situation we wanted to be in. So for us, it was like, all right, we're going to do it, but we're going to, you know, we have to find the right idea and we want to knock it out of the park. Um, and uh, but it was but other than that, it was a really great experience. You know, I, I love, you know, meeting the uh, the other young filmmakers and, uh, you know, uh I love working with my partner Greg. We co-directed the piece, and uh, him and I were like the the grandfathers of the of the filmmaking group. All these <laughs> other guys are like you know in their late twenties, early thirties, and you know. Uh, but it was fun, man. They, they, I love the energy, and uh, you know, we did a, a, you know some big festivals, and it was just fun going back with a you know with an anthology movie that uh, kind of you know. Um, you know, some kind of going back to what something that we had started, we were part of, you know, the beginning of. Well, it seems like, you know, like you, you mentioned that 
and how we discussed that with the Blair Witch, you know, found footage was a technique as opposed to a genre. And that seems to have been what's flipped in, in the like the 15 years since is that found footage has become a genre as opposed to a technique. And, yeah. then, you, and then you constantly get films that have an, an idea and then, you know, you know, oh, let's just make it found footage, you know, as, as opposed to, you know, sort of coming to it naturally. Yeah, no, absolutely, man. I mean, the, the, there is this, uh, there definitely is, um, uh, you know, uh, you know, a, a certain amount of laziness, I think, sometimes um, when people are kind of, you know, oh, let's just do it found footage. And they don't realize that, you know, it, found footage has its own challenges. Um, and, uh, you know, and some things obviously are easier in found footage, but a, but a lot of things are a lot harder. There's a lot of things that you can't fall back upon that you can fall back on a, in a, on a normal film. Um, so, yeah, man, I mean, yeah, and you're absolutely right. Now it's a it's a genre of, of you know, it's its own genre. Well, and while we made Blair Witch, it was, you know, it was a complete oddity, complete kind of experimental thing that came out of nowhere and, and you know, just kind of touched a nerve, you know. So as I start wrapping this up, because I don't I don't want to take up too much of your time. But, um, you know, it's, what are you, you know, are you, are you wrapped on um, on the Bigfoot film? Like, what, what are you up to uh, in, in, the, in the upcoming months? I have. Um, we just wrap. We just finished the, the edit on the Bigfoot movie. Um, we actually ended up editing it twice. Um, I, you know, I took over the film to, to re-edit some stuff. Um, and we just, we, we're working on the sound mix now and we're going to, we're going to go to AFM, which is a, a, a market in LA, a big film market. And we're going to sell it in, uh, in November in LA. Um, so hopefully it'll be out sometime next year. I would imagine sometime, you know, in the next, uh, year or so it'll be out. Um, and, uh, I'm really proud of it, man. It, it really is. Um, it, you know, it's the, you know, I've never, I've never seen a Bigfoot movie like this, you know, and, and the creature looks really good. The creature's not CG. It's a guy in a suit, but it looks like, you know, a real animal. Um, it looks just like the classic kind of Bigfoot from, you know, the, you know, the old days of, of, of Bigfoot. And it was a lot of fun. And I think people are going to dig it. It's a lot of, it's the most, probably the most action movie that I've, you know, it has a lot of action and a lot of, um, crazy shit going on with the creature. Um, and, uh, you know, so that'll be coming out hopefully next year. And then I have, um, a script, a, a movie that I'm about to go into production on called Maulers, which is, um, it's basically a, a movie that I'm shooting here locally in my uh, in in Maryland um, at a at a vacant mall that's near my house, and it's basically a, a rave. These kids go to a rave, an underground rave, um, in an abandoned mall, and then you know bad things start happening. Really bad things start happening. Um, so we're uh, we're trying we're trying to get that going for early next year um and then you know i'm developing a bunch of other stuff you know get trying to get into we're getting into some tv now um and uh and then on uh in early january there's a show called the quest which is like a um it's a reality show like you've never seen it's like lord of the rings meets survivor um and uh my partner greg and i were supervising producers on it and uh, it, it's, uh, I think it's going to be fun. The stuff I've seen of it looks pretty amazing. And, um, you know, I, there's, uh, it, it's it's more like, it's kind of like, you know, 10 or 12 people or whatever, many contestants kind of like 
get transported to like the set of a Lord of the Rings movie, you know, but then they, they have to play in that world all the time. You know what I mean? So it's actually pretty cool. And the contestants were just pretty amazed by it. And, and we were kind of amazed by the contestants. And uh, so we're hoping for a good thing. It's going to be on ABC. Um, I think January 2nd, but definitely like early January, it'll premiere. So we're pretty excited about that. Um, and, uh, you know, and that's about it, man. I mean, you know, you know, I'm sure, you know, it, it's probably similar in, uh, in your guys' business, but that you just kind of have to have to develop a bunch of things at the same time. And then, you know, whatever kind of, you know, See what sticks. Yeah. Whatever sticks to the wall, you kind of stick to it, you know, whatever sparks the, the next flame is kind of what you gravitate towards. So, there's, you know, I, you know, you never know what you're doing until you're, you know, until you're, you know, you until the contract is signed. You know what I mean? So uh, that's kind of what we're, we're at right now, man. But, uh, you know, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about what's going on, you know. Well, as, as long as I've got you, the, the last question I'll ask is, uh, you know, I mean, Blair Witch ruined an entire summer for me uh, back <laughs> when I saw it. Um, I was at the I would think I was a. See, I'm, t- I'm turning 29 soon, so I was like, I think I was 16. I was in high school when it came out, and, you know, I was right on the edge of where, like, I should have known better than when it said it was based on a true story that I should have known better, but I fell completely down the, the rabbit hole of, for a while, thinking that was something that was really happened and that it was really kind of fucked up that someone released that in a the theater, who yeah. had let someone release that in a the theater, which I'm sure is a, a story you've heard a million times before, but... Part of the reason that movie works is the ambiguity, and I think that's why it has stuck with me and has stuck with other folks since then, is because it, either through budget reasons or planned out, chooses to not show so many things. So your imagination kind of does uh, all the work for you. But the way the movie ends, uh, how much of that mythology and how much of what is happening had you guys worked out? Like in the end, which is so scary because it's so ambiguous. Yeah. Did you guys know what was happening or in the editing and, and in the outlining, uh, was it pur- purposely kept ambiguous even to you guys as creators? Well, we, you know, it, that's a good question, man, because, you know, we we definitely did not. Um, uh, we wanted to keep it very ambiguous to uh, to us, you know, like we didn't know, like, you know, if you ask, OK, what is the Blair Witch? I couldn't answer that. You know what I mean? And and for me, that's kind of part of the fun is that because once you answer it, then it's like, oh, that's kind of lame or that's, you know, once you once you know that there's, you know, that that there's some kind of logic behind it, it kind of loses its charm, you know? So for us, it was like, okay, it's just a, it's just like a bad mojo. There's something bad out here and it's something supernatural, but it's not like, you know, supernatural. It's not, it's not, you know, uh, it's not a cliche, you know, it's not like something that, oh, there's an image in the woods and, you know, it's a ghostly image or, you know, there's nothing like, you know, it's just, it's just a very random, you know? So, Mm -hmm. but, but the, but the ending was just something that we came up with at the last minute almost, man. It was just something we were like, we didn't know how the movie was going to end. And, um, we started shooting. You know, and uh, I remember Greg Hale, our produ- one of our producers, would come in to, you know, when Dan and I were sitting around, you know, talking about stuff or planning the day or whatever, and he would be like, well, you know, how are you going to end the movie? And we were, so were like, well, we still we still don't know. <laughs> and uh, and he would be like, well, you got four days, you know, and and you're running out of time for us to build anything and you know whatever. So and I remember one time he came in, there was like three days left, and he's like, okay, so the ending now has no 
art direction because you've given us no time. And Ben, you know, our art department is kind of booked up. It's basically they're just trying to catch up with what they're what they're doing, and they have no time to do anything for the ending. So you guys are kind of you have to come up with something now that doesn't use any kind of art. Like there's no <laughs> building anything, nothing. You know. So we, you know, we kind of came up with this idea, um, and uh, and just kind of shot it, and it worked, you know. And then um, what was interesting about it is that you know once we sold the movie, you know, Artisan, um, the company that bought it, they were like, well, we want to do a new ending, we want to do a little bit something more, you know, um, you know, a little bit more conventional, you know. So they had us. You know, go, they they gave us money, which was amazing to us. We we're like, wow, we we're getting more money for this than we had for the whole movie. Um, so they gave us money, and they said, go back to Maryland and do some endings, and just you know, fuck with it, and you know, experiment. So we went down and we shot a bunch of endings that I think are available on the Blu-ray version of Blair Witch. And um, but while we were there, um, we were like, you know. We love our ending. We love the idea that this guy is standing in the corner. But if we can give some explanation to that, to why he's standing in the corner, even if it's something very ambiguous and something that only one out of ten people are going to pick up, I think that would be more effective than anything that we could come up with as far as, like, you know, him hanging or, you know, him, you know, you know, splayed open on a you know stick man cross and we mm -hmm. tried all these weird things that you can watch you can watch on the blu-ray um so that when we went to maryland we went and, and we shot some interviews of people talking about you know rust and par and about how he made the kids stand in the corner while he killed the other kids you know and to us that was and that was an idea that came up after we shot the movie it was actually an idea that came up while i was building the website um, I was looking for an explanation for why the hell this guy would stand in the corner. And I was like, you know, it'd be cool if that, you know, that house was supposedly, you know, um, that's where all these kids died. And it'd be kind of creepy if the guy made the one kid stand in the corner while he killed the others, you know, because he didn't, he didn't want to see the kids watching him do this stuff, you know? So we stuck that in and we stuck it into the edit and, uh, and luckily, you know, Artisan was very cool about it and they let us have our ending. And uh, and that's how and that's pretty much the full story of that ending, man. It was it was kind of something where like, um, you know, we, we we knew it we wanted it to be ambiguous, you know, but it's it's very challenging because the whole movie, like you said, doesn't really show anything. And for the ending, it's like, okay, we want to make we want to do something that that definitely hints or almost proves that there's some kind of supernatural element involved, but we don't want to have like a witch come out of the floor or something. You know, we don't right, want right. to, we don't want to have something hokey. So we just figured, you know, Mike standing in the corner being unresponsive to us was kind of like the most horrifying thing, you know, that could happen. It's like, why wouldn't he turn around? You know what I mean? So that was the end of the movie, man. And that was kind of the story of how we, you know, how we lucked into it really. All right. Well, Ed, I, uh, I super appreciate your time again, and uh, this is this has been a true pleasure. So uh, I really appreciate you taking taking this time to to chat with me.